I'm Mark McGuinness. Thanks for listening. You probably think that you know all about personalization by now, but you're about to find out there's personalization and then there's hyper-personalization. Would you like to double or triple your response rates? Of course you would. We all would. We're all familiar with personalization in our emails and even in our outbound calling scripts. But this is different. Ian Naylor has a great strategy that allows us to personalize images to really cut through the noise of the outbound messaging that's going on out there at the moment. What do I mean by this? Well, imagine if you go to a website and your name is actually on that website. Pretty cool, huh? Imagine you open your email and there's your name and your picture on a whiteboard, or perhaps it's a personalized ticket and invitation to an event with your name and maybe even your photo. Would that catch your attention? I'm pretty sure it would. In this show, Ian talks about what his software is able to do, the type of results he's currently getting, and the reasons why it works. The really cool thing about this play, in my opinion, is firstly, not many people are doing this right now, and that gives you an edge. We know that the more we stand out, the more we're likely to get a response, and just as importantly, the less likely we're going to be marked as spam, and we all know how critical that is in our outreach today. Secondly, there's a marketing agency I know personally who is absolutely killing it using this as their primary approach to outbound. Will this strategy work for everyone? I doubt it. Will this work for you? Maybe. To find out, have a listen to this episode, listen to Anne, and you can decide whether you should give this a try too. Before we jump into this chat, can I just ask a super quick favor? My goal is simply to get this podcast into as many ears as possible. If you find this chat with Ian to be of interest, please simply share it with at least one other person. I'd really appreciate you helping me spread the word. Now let's hear from Ian Naylor over at Hyperize. Ian Naylor, welcome to the Best of Sales Skills podcast. Thanks for agreeing to come on the show. Mark, thanks for having me. It really is a pleasure to be here. Thanks. Mate, I'm, I'm really looking forward today because today we're talking about personalization, which is important in the world of prospecting and sales, but not just personalization. We're talking about hyper-personalization. So <laughs> you're the founder of a really cool tech business call, called Hyperice. So I figure that makes you the king of personalization, right? <laughs> well, I would, uh, yeah, I, I aspire to that crown. I'm not sure I'm quite there yet, but, you know, hopefully... Uh, Talking with people like yourself and your audience will uh, take me a step closer. <laughs> uh, so, look, I mean, this is something that, you know, on a day-to-day basis, nearly every salesperson is, is thinking about the P word, right? So, yeah. you know, we're all trying to balance, you know, how do we do it so that people will respond? Because that's what we want, right? We actually couldn't give a shit about personalization, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a means to an end, isn't it, ultimately? You know, we, we've yeah. all got targets and goals, and if something will help us achieve that, then, you know, but in the same way... Uh, a long distance runner will put on super fast trainers, you know, a salesperson needs personalization. It's, you know, get you that extra 10% or 100% or whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so you know, in preparation for this, I'm having, having a look around your website, which is so cool, but I'm going to come back to that a bit later on. <laughs> and, 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 and all your marketing and all your LinkedIn thing says that it talks about doubling our prospecting engagement. Mm. Right. So I don't know anyone who doesn't want to double their engagement in prospecting, right? And if they and if they don't want to double it, then they're definitely not listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're already too busy. <laughs> so tell me a little about Ian, Ian Naylor. Um, so you're yeah. from Nottingham in the UK, and and of course a little bit about Hyperize, please. Yeah, sure. So. A little bit about me, and I'll I try and interweave that with Hyperize. So my background, I've been running and starting 
uh, online businesses um, for uh, since '98. So I think that's like 25, 24 years, something like that. Math is not <laughs> obviously a strong point, but um, one thing that I've always done in creating these uh, online businesses is using personalization, image personalization, hyper personalization as strategies throughout my career. And I guess Hyperize is accumulation of that, of everything I've always wanted in a sales and marketing toolkit that didn't exist or that was a lot of kind of pain to implement, you know, in previous businesses. And I've run all sorts of businesses from B2C and B2B from selling online cars, you know, brand new cars uh, made to order all the way through to software and toasters and kettles and everything in between. So I've got a a broad uh, experience range to kind of pull from. And like I say, Hyperize is really accumulation of that, of making something that historically has been difficult but effective and kind of you know, bringing that to kind of to the masses by being able to kind of achieve it simply, um, you know, within seconds rather than something that will take days. <laughs> right. So, so this, sorry, sounds cool. It sounds, so would you be more of a marketer or an entrepreneur? It doesn't sound like you're a sales guy. It's an interesting one. So my original background, I started off as a developer. So I was originally building things for the people and then just tech guy myself. Mm. But <laughs> what you what you learn uh, when you when you start a business is you wear every hat, right? So you have to do everything because when you're starting up, especially if you're bootstrapping, you know, there is nobody else. So if you're you're not able to do sales and the business doesn't get any further. So I always considered myself originally a developer, and then I thought I was a marketer because I was helping market the business. But ultimately, as a founder of a business, you're responsible for getting the first 100 sales. Because if you don't get the first 100 sales, the business doesn't go beyond that. And so I started five or six businesses where I have been the person getting those first 100 sales, or in, in the case of Hyperize, probably the most, most 500. So I kind of still am to this day, you know, I do probably five sales calls a day. Uh, I feel like it's really important, even as a founder, as an entrepreneur, to be close to your customers and what they want. And there's no better way than doing that, than, than conducting sales calls and you know, doing outreach. And with Hyperize being a sales type product, you know, it's, I think it's important to dog food as well, to live and breathe your product. And so no, no better way than actually doing sales. So even though I would say historically my background isn't sales, by virtue of the type of career I've, I've ended up kind of fall into i've done a lot of sales as a result of that yep okay oh, well i love the way you've, you've phrased that that works with, works well okay so let's get some reality right so we talk about personalization at scale is i mean that's a bit of a cliche but is that yeah, absolutely we'd... so i mean to give you an idea one of our clients is g2 i don't know if you're familiar yep. with them they do, yeah so kind of software reviews and kind of discovery of uh, software vendors they do um they're a client of hyperize and they, they do campaigns like 10,000 prospects at a time. Each of those 10,000 prospects gets this hyper-personalized experience uh, in those outset, in, in the outreach. And in their case, they, they increase their, their reply rates from 15 to 48%. So not a doubling, but a tripling of engagement by implementing these sort of strategies. So at scale, like I say, in their case, you know, 10,000 people per campaign prospects. So yeah, that's that's kind of really the one of the, the core value props of Hyperize, if you like, yes, it enables something you could do manually yourself, but this enables you to do it at scale, you know, where it could be hundreds, thousands, or tens of thousands, you know, per campaign. Right. Okay. So let, let's just get some a baseline here for, so for people can understand what we're talking about, right? 
So personalization for most people gets a bit of a bad rap, but you know, it started out with just, you know, first name in an email, right? Right. So that's baby, baby steps. Mm. Then, then it went to, you know, a few years ago, it was like, um, Hey Mark, I saw you went to Harvard, you know, want to, want to buy, want to buy my software. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and now it's gone to, Hey Mark, I can see you've got a new sales role. I want to buy my software. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, and my pet hate, by the way, is, hey, Mark, I see you've got a podcast, want to buy my software. Like they, they never, they never <laughs> oh, say, they never say, I'll listen to the, you know, podcast with you and Ian. Yeah, and I and just I'll, happen exists. <laughs> right. They just say, I, lo- I loved your podcast. You want to buy my software. So, so yeah. personal, so that's, we're not talking about that, are we? No. I mean, look, I, I think personalization, there's, there's two types of personalization, I guess. There's the one of just replacing parameters right so putting in mark rather than a first name parameter and that's kind of that's kind of what most people think of scale personalization and then there's obviously personalization is understanding the prospect having some sort of intent behind the outreach and then talking about that now that's the part that's harder to do at scale uh, and it's kind of trying to get the balance of, of doing that right so where hyperize comes in is we use image personalization as, as the differentiator the human brain processes images like 60,000 times quicker than text. So when you inject some sort of personalization into an image, it creates a completely different reaction in the brain to kind of, um, if, if you just saw that, just as kind of a text element, it, and it, that generates what's referred to as a pattern interrupt. And that pattern interrupt creates just more mind share, and that more mind share leads to more people taking your call to action. And so that kind of, what you described is I hate when people do this, even if they still did that, if they had the image in there painting a scenario, you're so kind of delighted about that, that you kind of miss or forgive the thing that caused the, uh, you know, the distrust or the distaste in the first place. And so you can, I still think that that second type of personalization we talked about is important, but that's much harder to do at scale without having, you know, some sort of, VA looking at individual ones and really kind of cutting into that. But like I say, there's this middle ground that you can use with image personalization. I'm going to do this. Obviously, we're, um, I'd love to share my screen and, and kind of show you some examples of that. But uh, it's no use, it's an audio. On a podcast, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so you'll have to describe it to us. So, so, what's, so give us an idea of what you're talking about. So you're saying picture, picture personalization. Yeah. So essentially, if you think about, like, say, when we reach out to people, like, ninety percent of business emails, sales emails, are just purely text. But as like I said, the kind of majority of us as humans are visual learners, but we all process images so much quicker. And so, by not including images, we're missing out on on a key way of in, of kind of driving engagement. But when we have the images uh, that are personalised, that kind of, like, say, creates this psychological behaviour that just generates more mind share so for example there's lots of different ways you can have a personalized image and make it purposeful but if i if myself as a salesperson is reaching out to somebody and i want to engage them and, and kind of create a human bond and if i have an image of me even better a gif so it's like moving so i'm like kind of waving or i've got a coffee cup and saying hey let's have a chat and a coffee that's kind of reinforcing kind of what i'm asking kind of textually but in, in a visual sort of way but then if Maybe, for example, um, in the image of me, the GIF, I have there's a whiteboard next to me, and on that whiteboard, there's a "Hey Mark, would love to chat," or "Hey Mark, thanks for the connection," or whatever it may be, depending on you know how we've uh, connected. Then that again is going to trigger that pattern interrupt because of the personalization there. Uh, and you know, I've got 
countless uh, examples and case studies where you know, using that sort of humanized connection, you know, can significantly, and when I talk about significant, I'm talking about doubling, tripling, quadrupling your kind of conversion metrics or your engagement metrics. You know, the, the thing with having a humanized gift as well, it leverages that, that law of reciprocity. You know, it can say if you do something nice for somebody, they're going to feel compelled to respond. And so can they just kind of hedging your bets, as it were, in terms of human connection, pattern interrupts, you know, reciprocity, all of these things mean that you know, the chances of somebody replying to your outreach are significantly uh, increased. Right. So I've been on the end of a couple of these types of things that you and, and there's no doubt at all, I definitely take a second, third, fourth look. And in fact, you know, some of them I, I remember from much longer. You know, so, yeah. you know, I had a, a guy reaching out from a marketing campaign and he was doing the, the coffee cups thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that didn't land because he was using like a Starbucks. And so in Australia, Starbucks is poison. Like no one goes to Starbucks. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like, you know, you know like it, you wouldn't take the worst enemy to a Starbucks. But it still worked because it was different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's in, in this crowded marketplace, you know, there's you know, everyone's going to be bombarded every day and you can pretty much rely on that. And so you've got to stand out. And, you know, this is, like I say, you, you've you kind of hit the nail on the head there as in, after the fact, you could still remember the visualization, the picture, and some elements of that. Whereas, if somebody sent you a, a block of text, being able to recall that later on and what specifically was said, and obviously, kind of the kind of the image recall is, is not there, and so you're really missing out on a trick of being able to just attach yourself to a piece of information that's more readily able to be retrieved later on, and therefore you to be remembered. Yeah. So there's a massive move in inbox security how do we, how do you get images safely into someone's inbox i mean my, my first thought is it's not going to land like it won't get there the deliverability yeah. will be an issue i mean it's, it's an interesting one uh, and i've been doing some uh, of um, my own research this recently based on one of our clients um, is reply.io now they're they're a cold outreach platform in themselves an email platform and they became a client, uh, and I guess they had similar sort of questions and concerns. So what they did is created some campaigns with and without images and did a lot of kind of uh, benchmarking. And what they found is that over time, their domain reputation improved as when they were using images because they got more engagement. They, you know, they were doubling or more the amount mm. of people replying. But also even the people that weren't replying that maybe previously would have deleted them or mocked them as spam, you know, were kind of either mute or positive. And so you've got a, a significant uplift in, in, in kind of email engagement, which means less likely to be um, kind of marked down and your domain reputation improves. And we just did a similar test um, over the last five months. So at the start of the year, we bought, um, I think, four other domains like hyperize.rocks, hyperize.co, hyperize-mail.com. So all of these kind of broader ones and started sending out campaigns some with images, some without. So they all started off probably about 20, 30% open rates. Uh, and now those same domains are kind of almost knocking on 70%. And the only mm. thing that changed over that time is the ones using images of, of you know, kind of improved the domain reputation. So, you know, we, we've done exclusive tests where the brand new domains are totally clean, you know, so we can see the direct kind of correlation. But we've, we've seen it, heard it time and again from, from our clients, you know, that start to use this and they see a better domain reputation. So certainly 
the kind of in, in terms of landing in an e- uh, inbox and in email, there's obviously there's getting completely rejected. There's landing in the promotions or spam folder, you know, and, and then there's obviously landing in the prime folder. And all of these are kind of improved as you get um, more people um, kind of engaging your emails. But ultimately, it's your domain reputation and then the content of the email and the two factors that are going to decide on, on where you're going to land. Your domain reputation on a brand new domain is unproven, right? And so it's 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 kind of that's a kind of a, a mute point. But the content of the email, what spam filters are looking for is the ratio of text to images. So if you just send out an email with just an image, then they're gonna say, Oh, this is probably spam because why is there no text? And so what we're trying to do with a personalized image is not replace the whole of your sales email. In fact, you probably wouldn't change that at all. But what you do is somewhere in, in the middle or towards the top where it's going to be seen above the fold, as it were, in an email reader, that you're going to see that image. That's going to drive the engagement, increase the mind share, and then they'll read your content you know, and, and be more engaged in that. So as long as you've got a good balance of text and image, then that's not going to trigger the kind of the email content spam. And then obviously your domain reputation will improve over time as you get more people engaging in your content. Yeah. And, and I read, I'm assuming it was LinkedIn or Twitter. I mean, that's where I seem to spend most of my time, but that you could also put like a disclaimer at the bottom of your signature in small text, you know, and increase the text to picture ratio by, you know, putting, you know, that standard disclaimer that the governments and big organizations have about, you know, if you've got this email by, by mistake, forward it back, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, because obviously you don't want to put too much text in your email if you're reaching out to a prospect because it just becomes too long, don't read. So yeah, if you need yeah. to be, boost up a few characters, you can stick that in your, the bottom of your subject line. Is that something that you think about doing or am I just completely on the wrong track? Yeah, I, I, I understand that kind of wanting to add more um, more text. Uh, although there's, I think there's also the... the you can tell me I'm certain, wrong. Okay. No, no, I, I think... <laughs> <laughs> if, I, I try to have my emails look like their their personal emails rather than a, a template. And so, if you always have these kind of blanket statements at the bottom, maybe they, they do look a bit more like a templated email rather than just a, a scripted one. So, but I, I don't, I don't. I mean, my, my typical emails are two or three, four paragraphs, a couple of paragraphs, image, and a couple of paragraphs. Uh, and, and I find, from a balanced perspective, that's you know fine from a, a kind of an image, but when I send out an email to somebody to say, thanks for connection, it's literally just thanks for connection on LinkedIn and then an image. So, you know, that in that case is, is a real kind of higher ratio of image to text. And I, I have great delivery rates on those. So, again, you know, I think it's, it's, not, it's not a kind of steadfast rule. It's got to be this exact kind of weight ratio. And in terms of the, the penalty of maybe having a few amount of text versus the image, it's still only like one or two percent of, of you know you've got to be over seventy percent before you're considered kind of spam, and so you do have quite a, a bit of wriggle room, uh, you know, with that. Right. Okay. Okay. And 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 I like what you were saying there about it might slow down some of your delivery, but the actual response rates and the chances of being marked as spam are significantly lower because you've gone into the effort to create the thing. And I, I think back to LinkedIn in 2015 when you know, there was this debate about do you personalise your message requests or not? So now no one does and it doesn't matter, right? So, But but when at the time it was like if you create a personalised request, they're significantly less likely to market as I don't know. So, you know, so yeah. I, back back in those days, if you got 10 or 12 I don't knows, you were in the, in the bin. We, yeah. we, so the concept was if you write a nice note and they don't want to connect with you, they won't 
say, I don't know this person. And then that way you would, and it's exactly the same. And I hadn't thought about that before. So that's actually very, very good, good way of thinking about it because it'll lower the chances of you being marked as spam if it hits the mark. And I know what you're going to tell me that the results tell you otherwise, but don't we all just know that it's automated anyway? You know what I mean? Like, do we really think that you've taken the time to cut and paste, you know, PowerPoint and then write my name on a coffee cup? Yes, and then I, mean, get, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, the, you know, I've sent out probably hundreds of thousands of, of personalized images now, and I've got a huge array of, of sound bites and snippets that people have sent back to me covering the full gambit from, wow, you've really spent a lot of time creating this i really appreciate it you know in the camp of somebody thinks that i've created this individually in paint or recorded it or whatever you know written on the board and and all of that and then right to the other side where people say oh wow i really like the template you've used really original um you know and and you know so they they know it's a template because you know they, they actually call it out but in both cases you know all they're doing is referencing their their knowledge to what they see but the point is they they had a moment of delight right it created a nice thing for them, and you know, and now they're um, and now they can interest in the same way that maybe somebody that was uh, like a stunt coordinator and they go and see a movie and they're watching the movie and they think, oh, I know what they've done. He's just fallen on, on a mat, but he's thinking that because that's his frame of reference, him, her, whatever. Um, but it's not necessarily kind of completely ruining the enjoyment of the film because they're still appreciating the visual effects and all, all of those sort of things. And I think it's that similar sort of thing, you know, as kind of sales and marketing people that understand all the tools and all the capabilities, when we're on the receiving end, you go, oh, I know what they've done there. I'm you know, one of many. But if the message and the way you feel about that is, is still positive, I don't think that matters. That's just your collateral knowledge kind of, building up the picture of how it came to be. But, you know, uh, I'm not sure. If you get a letter from the Queen, do you think she hand-wrote it? Probably not. But maybe what? if you like loyalty, sure did. <laughs> you would still feel good about it, right? <laughs> Correct. Doesn't the Queen write them all down? I've seen her sitting there at the desk. I've seen the Queen sitting <laughs> yeah, at the desk. Surely yeah. she does. It's the corgis that are doing it. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay, so so I've quizzed you enough on that. Let's get like share prospectors, marketers. Give us a couple of you know really great idea, things that you've done and the results that you've got. Like blow up, get, you know, share, let us visualize that. Share some stuff. So, yeah, so one of the things um, I've been doing recently, so it's kind of front of mind uh, that I've been really amazed with is rather than uh, we talked about LinkedIn a fair bit today, using LinkedIn and, and the connector messaging kind of wheel that you go on, uh, and like you were saying before. You know, you connect and then message somebody and it's connect and pitch, you know, um, and nobody really likes that. What I, but if you're lucky enough that somebody accepts your pitch, you know, then, then you know, they're going to book a call with you and you're doing this one-to-one demo and then you're down to how many of those can you do in a day, in a week, in a month because you've only got so many hours and slots, right? So what, what I've done recently is kind of take my content of a one-to-one demo and they said, right, okay, I'm just going to do that as, as a, a one-off or kind of a fortnightly event. So I'm going to set up a LinkedIn event and I'm going to kind of do that. And so what I've found now is uh, creating a LinkedIn event, which is essentially the same kind of pitch and purpose as, as a one-to-one demo, and then using LinkedIn's automated event invite process, which you can invite a 1,000 people a week to. So much better than the 100 people you can connect with on LinkedIn. So you can get a much higher throughput volume. And then what I do is every time somebody registers for the event, 
I send them a personalized event gif. So it's kind of like a mock-up of the, uh, an event ticket. Um, and I kind of, kind of give them some sharing button to say, hey, thanks for registering for the event. I'd love it if you shared you know, the fact that you're attending our event you know, to kind of grow uh, awareness of it. And so because you've sent a personalized GIF and they feel good about that, oh, wow, yeah, I've got this event ticket with my name on. It all looks kind of nice. And there's a simple button below. The only call to action is share. Um, and then the, the, the kind of the chances of people sharing, we've seen like 10 plus percent of people kind of registering, receiving this, actually sharing. So like on a recent event, we had 400 people register for the event. And then with these shareable gifts, say 10%, so about 40, it was 38 people shared. And that 38 people on average generated another six registrations per share. So then we got almost another 200 registrants from these shares. So we increased our event audience by 50%, went from like 400 to 600 by creating these shareable personalized gifts. And so, and then we had an event with 600 people registered, you know, we were able to do in an hour or, you know, or so rather than, you know, would it be impossible to kind of reach that many people on, on one-to-ones. And so using the power of personalization to create engagement and virility of the event, you know, echoing that and also leveraging LinkedIn's, I guess, more of them more kind of interested in you creating content and events on the platform rather than just kind of spamming people and taking them out of LinkedIn. So they give you much more capabilities in terms of account capacity to kind of do things like promote events, whatever. And so, you know, a couple of different steps and, you know, you've, you've kind of at 10x the amount of people you can reach out to in a month and done it in a really nice uh, way. So that's one of the strategies I've been working uh, using recently this year and been, uh, been amazing for us. Okay, so so we, we've got a Hyperize is a software program that works as a combination of automation slash personalization. That's, that's right, yeah. that right. So essentially, Hyperize, what it enables you to do is in this strategy here, we're creating an image uh, template that is you know, of this event GIF ticket, um, and then we're using the automation of the, the uh, LinkedIn provides, and then a middle tool in this case Zapier, and Zapier just yep. takes every time somebody registers. Zapier um, gets pinged from LinkedIn, and then Zapier uses the Hyperize image template to then send out an email to the person who's registered to say, thanks for registering, here's your shareable GIF, would love it if you kind of shared that on either Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, and we have those kind of share buttons. And that's all kind of created, you know, through the kind of the LinkedIn automation and, and Zapier and Hyperize. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. So then it really just comes down to, you know, how creative you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, within Hyperize, for example, you know, we've got templates. So you can have, if you, all, all you're putting in is, is the data, which essentially is being sent from, from LinkedIn anyway. So it's select the template, you know, connect it up to the, to, from your event to Zapier to Hyperize, and then, you know, then you're good to go. Probably take about 10 minutes to set up and you, you double your attendees. So for a effort versus reward, it's probably one of the, the simplest things you can do. And obviously, you're getting the extra benefits if you're not already doing events of having kind of broader capacity as well. Gotcha. And all free. <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn events are free to create. So, you know. Yeah, they are. Mate, I love LinkedIn events. They're, they're, they're underused. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're, they're super awesome. Okay. So, so, do we have to be reply.io? Like, do we have to be a big, big business or like how small packages do you have? You know, is it somebody's doing 20 emails a day? Is, it, is there a solution there for us or is it, or is it a 200 email day type thing? 
from Hyperrise perspective, uh, our kind of base plan starts at $49 per month. Uh, but, you know, we have uh, a free trial. So I mean, what I always suggest to people is your first campaign is going to be free anyway from a Hyperrise perspective. So you can create something up, promote your event, or put it in an email campaign or whatever um, is, is your preference, uh, you know, for free. And then when you see the ROI on that, you know, then, then you're looking at $49 per month. So not enterprise kind of costs. You know, you can be using image personalization in your outreach, in LinkedIn, in email, et cetera, you know, from, from $49 per month after the free trial. So if, can I set it up? So if, you know, someone connects with me, they can, they'll get a little picture of me saying, hi, uh, Ian, thanks for connecting. If you want to copy my book here, you know, grab it here or something like that. Yeah, so these, uh, essentially Hyperize will provide the image template that, that will provide that exact uh, personalization, but you would need like a middle tool that is, like say for in this case, I was talking about Zapier, but there are LinkedIn automation tools. Like for example, I use Expandy and Expandy connects to my LinkedIn account. And then when I connect, when somebody connects with me, they get, first of all, a message in LinkedIn, but they also get an email as well. And both of those will have a Hyperize image template in it, you know, which, which is me kind of waving, saying hello or something like that, you know, and the personalization in there. So Hyperize will connect to that kind of that middleware, if you like, the Zapier or the Expandy or the, the MailChimp, whatever platform you're presently using. So um, I'm conscious of, of time. So, but mate, I was just on your website doing some research and why is my name all over your website? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So with Hyperize, um, and that's kind of really when we talk about hyper-personalization, which is, you know, extending the personalization from multiple steps. So if we kind of accept the the, the kind of the, the statement that image personalization or personalization more broadly is going to create a moment of delight and improve uh, conversions, then you know let's not stop at converting improving conversions to the first step of the outreach. But typically, if the outreach call to action is click here to take action, book a call, go to the Calendly, view some other content, then being able to personalize all of that content on the web pages is just as important um, and just as much uplift as personalizing the outreach to get them to take that action. Um, so with Hyperize, whatever your website is built on, you're able to be able to personalize your site as well. So personalize the call to actions around the content or whatever it is you want them to engage in. Um, and HubSpot um, did a survey on website personalization. It was a six-month uh, study uh, that looked at um, over 300,000 uh, web pages. And what they found is, that on average, there was a 202% uplift in conversions when personalization was used around the call to action. So, you know, that, that website personalization piece is, is just as valuable, you know, and, and with Hyperize, like I say, you can connect the dots. So if you've got personalized outreach, when they hit the action, then, you know, that page or whatever will be personalized too. I, I went there and I was looking at my, I, I realized, I didn't even realize it had my business name in there. I'm like reading it. And because it's such a common group of words, I've completely yeah. missed it. And there was a second reading. I went, oh, shit, that's my business name on your website. How does that work? <laughs> that's cool. So if you haven't, go, go and check that out, listeners. That was pretty cool. Sometimes the subtlest of personalizations is the best because you don't even really know, but your mind knows something was different, and that's kind of really nice. But I wouldn't say Hyperize, the website, is, is the most subtle of personalizations because we're really trying to uh, kind of shout about the use cases. But, yeah, certainly sometimes that, that subtlety is, is, uh, is, is key. And mate, thanks for coming on the Best of Sales Skills podcast. This is going to be really helpful to a lot of people. I'm sure you're going to have a few hits on your website as people go and check that out. Mate, if yeah. people want to learn a little bit more about Hyperize, what's the best way that, or a little bit, get a little bit more information from you? What's the best way for them to do that, mate? 
Yes, yeah, so probably the easiest way is to go to hyperise.com. So that's H-Y-P-E-R-I-S-E.com. And there we have, you know, obviously it's kind of the, the kind of the sales site that kind of gives all of the information on the product, but there's lots of uh, kind of educational academy resource there and you know, how to implement things. You know, like we were just talking about there, the, uh, the, the LinkedIn event uh, strategies there in our academy. But of course, you can also go there to start a completely free trial, no commitment, no credit card needed jump in and have a play and see all the kind of possibilities and capabilities that would be kind of route one for finding out about hyperice right some great tactics there and you know I, I love seeing these new things happening because otherwise it's just very very boring so congratulations on creating something that's really unique and, and really interesting and i think you're adding stuff for value to everybody so on behalf of everybody else thank you Thank you. And Mike, thanks very much for coming on the Boss Podcast. I really appreciate it. No, it's been my absolute pleasure. And you've got a, a new listener now for life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>